understand And if you are, we'd love to know a little bit more about you, who you are, how we can pray for you. There's a portion of your bulletin we'd love for you to, to tear out and, and, well, fill it out and then tear it out and place it in the offering plate. Uh, and you can uh, do that or hand it to someone at the door as, as we leave today. Uh, I want to remind you just of a, a couple of things really quickly uh, that after, after our worship this morning, there's a spaghetti uh, lunch here. Um, the proceeds will go to help uh, sponsor our Relay for Life team with our Women of Worship Sunday School class. They're wearing purple shirts this morning. You should be easily to, to recognize them. And so be, be aware of that. Also, uh, tonight we have our game show night, and it'll be fun. You come back here, it'll just be a good time of fellowship. And then next week is our picnic. Be sure that you sign up in the the three-ring binder that's out there on the desk has all of our sign-up lists in it. And so be sure that you sign up so we know 
how to prepare food and, and how to and, and, and know how many people are coming. Um, I think that's all. I gave you a lot right there, so I hope you listened really quickly. And so right now, uh, find somebody, shake their hand, let them know that you're glad to see them.
recognize you as being holy, dear God. We are not worthy to be in your presence, dear God, without the blood of the Lamb. Dear God, as we sang uh, just a few moments ago about the hope that's in you, dear God, our world right now needs hope and needs truth, and that can only be found in you. We pray that you will help guide our hearts in that direction, help us to guide other people in that same direction as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that you've given us just to come to your house and worship you. Lord, I pray that as Pastor Joel comes up, that you give him words of wisdom that we will all lock in. And Lord, I pray for these tithes and offerings that you will help them further your kingdom. In your name, amen.
same God that spins things in orbit. He runs to the weary, the born and the weak, and the same gentle hands that hold me when I'm broken. They conquer death to bring me victory. Okay, 
with this notebook. All right, quick contest. Hold that piece of paper for me. All right, here's yours. Hold that one for me. Sorry, trying to get this done faster. It's not working out. There we go. Hold that one. Okay, and you hold this one. All right, what you're going to do? When I say go, okay, this is really simple. When I say go, you're just going to tear this paper into as many pieces as possible, okay? But you can't, you can only use your hands, okay? There's no knives, all right, guys, no cheating. Can't use your teeth to bite into it or anything like that, okay? Then we're going to see who is going to get this done the fastest. Do you see what to do over there? So you're going to tear it, okay? Ready to tear it in half, just like that. Are y'all ready? Okay, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to tear it in as many pieces as possible. Are y'all ready? Set, go! Tear it. We're not folding it, we're tearing it. Come on, tear it, let's go, tear it. Keep tearing. What's, come on, let's go, good job. All right, keep going, you got it. Keep tearing, keep tearing. All right, we got about 10 seconds left. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, Two, one, stop. What? what? It, you saw it? It came off of this, out of this roll? How do you, what do you mean that's plastic? Look, it's the same thing right here. Well, so what was your problem? It's the, it came out of this notebook. How can it be plastic when it came out of the same notebook? It's, see, this is paper in it. It's paper. Is it paper? Yes. It's paper. Is it paper? No. Wait, it's not paper. You saw that. All right, thank you. Y'all can go have a seat. <laughs> there, y'all hold on to that. Sometimes, there you go. I'll hold the paper. All right, you can sit down now. Thank you. Good job. Sometimes we try to do things that, you know, we think we're super strong or we're the biggest, strongest in the world and that we can do them, but something happens where we're not able to do those things, right? And we may not be as strong as we think we are, or we may not have the skills that we think we have, because everybody has different skills, right? Have a seat, please. Everybody has different skills. Everybody has different knowledges. So, Eli, you know a lot about what? Okay, so you know a lot about math, Whereas Mr. Ken doesn't know anything about math. <laughs> he says two plus two is seven. Yeah, exactly. See? All right. But let's say everybody has different skills. Everybody has different things. Just because, I mean, I handed out the same sheet of paper to everybody, right? You have, yeah, have the appearance of it. Okay. Stop. Okay, thank you. We, just because you have that, you may have that different knowledge of something else, okay? They didn't have the knowledge of how to tear this paper. Y'all did, right? Right. Now, really, I deceived them. It's kind of like what Satan does to us. He deceives us. He gives us something that looks very similar to what we're able to do, but he makes it where we can't. Okay? He tricks us and says, oh, well, he's doing it. Why can't I? We don't want Satan to do that to us. We don't want Satan to deceive us. Okay? And he does that through lots of different things. He does that through what we say, what we think, okay? what we look at. There's lots of things that he can do. All right? But God is so powerful. He just 
allow us to fall into that temptation, into that distraction, okay? All right, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your strength, Lord, that no matter what situation you're, that we're in, that you're able to cover us, take care of us, and to make sure that we're not going to get torn and deceived by Satan. Uh, Lord, let us use our strengths that we have to glorify you in all that we do. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Stand again as we sing. Jesus' name, we thank you once again for being able to come to this place to worship your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for each song that has been sung, each lesson that we learned. Lord, every hand that we shake, we know, Lord, that you love everyone. We pray today, Lord, that we will just draw ourselves nigh to you. And Lord, those that don't know you in a personal way could come to know you today, could be gloriously saved. Others of us, Lord, that uh, we find ourselves straying in our daily walk, that, Lord, you could draw us close to you, and we could leave this place today truly to have said, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, let me add my word of welcome to you. And uh, I know it's a hot, busy time of the year, and a lot going on in our lives, but it's always good to come to God's house. Amen? Today, uh, I've entitled the message, Hurry Up and Wait. Hurry Up and Wait. That's kind of a, an old military term uh, that we kind of carry around with us our whole lives because it seemed like 
that you spent your whole time, from the time I entered into the military, hurrying up and waiting. And uh, I remember very well that phrase uh, became uh, one that I didn't really like a whole lot when I was in Vietnam. I, I found myself becoming a short-timer, and being a short-timer, I, I saw myself get right up to uh, like 29 days left in country. And all of a sudden, orders came from headquarters. And it said this. So you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Your replacement's not going to be there for another month. And so it was hurry up and wait in the hardest form. I then immediately had to contact um, my, uh, my second boss. The Lord's my first boss. Second's my wife. And I said, baby, we're not going to be able to be married on that date that you have set and those uh, invitations that you have sent out, you're going to have to send out uh, an amendment to that. And she did. And uh, so instead of getting married on January the 2nd, which we were supposed to, we got married on January the 11th. And so hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. There's a couple more stories I want to share with you before I dig into the scripture this morning that talk about patience, that talk about uh, how uh, we see it displayed in our lives. We, we teach our children through object lessons, but our children teach us. Amen? Listen to this story. It's a good one. A teacher was helping her kindergarten student put on his cowboy boots. Even with her pulling and him pushing, the little boots just didn't want to go on. By the time they got to the second boot, and got it on, she had really worked up a sweat. She almost cried when the little boy said, Miss Smith, they're on the wrong feet. It wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together as they worked to get the boots back on, this time on the right feet. And then he announced, these aren't my boots. She bit her tongue. Rather than follow her natural instincts to grab him by the collar and pull his face close to hers and scream, why would you say so? Once again, she struggled to help him pull off the boots. No sooner had they gotten the boots off when he said, they're my brother's boots and my mother let me wear them. Now her hands were shaking, worse than a tree in a Texas tornado. Taking a deep breath, her strength waning, she began to struggle getting the boots back on his feet again. After minutes of pulling and tugging and pushing with them, uh, the, the marbles of sweat cascading off her forehead, she triumphantly got the last boot on and helped him into his coat and asked, now, where are your mittens? He said, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. Almost one of those situations where murder or patience. I want, I want you to take a transparency test with me. And just think for, for just a moment about maybe some situations that you found yourself in. And, you know, it's just so hard sometimes to be patient. 
to, to display this fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about. And so uh, it tells us to, to be patient. And, but here's the deal. Most of us, we say, God, I want patience, but I want it right now. It doesn't always come right away, does it? Even though you desire it. Second story, and then we'll move along. It's a story of a father who sat down with his young daughter when she was old enough to understand the value of saving money and explain the value of money and the concept of earning interest. He said, when your piggy bank is full, we'll go down to the bank, give it to them to hold for you, and they will give you even more money than you bring. It's called interest. With her eyes wide, she said, my piggy bank is already full. Now can we go today? The dad called the banker, a friend of his, and told him of their discussion that his daughter was on her way to open her first savings account, and he wanted her to be given a special greeting. The president of the bank himself waited on her, treated her small deposit as if it were a million dollars. He locked her money into the vault, took her back to his desk, gave her a receipt, and thanked her for her business. He stood up for her to leave, but she just continued to sit in the chair. The banker looked at the, the dad with kind of a quizzical expression, turned to the little girl, and he said, is there anything else I can help you with? She simply held out her hand and said, I want my interest. We want it now, don't we? We want it now. We don't want to be patient. We don't want to wait. Hurry up and wait. It's that waiting sometimes that we find difficult in our lives. We're talking about fresh fruit. We're talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about where the Scripture says the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. It is now today, it is patience. Just imagine with me, before we dive in right here, what our marriages would be like if we had this fruit of the Spirit displayed and deployed into our marriages on a regular basis. Just imagine what our world would be like if we were a patient people and we're willing to wait for God to bring that patience in and through us. I am going to talk to you and I want you to listen today first of all in Psalm 37. Psalm 37 verses 7, 8 and 9. The psalmist's name is David and David says rest in the Lord and wait patiently it says for him. Rest in him but then wait patiently for him. It says do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Others may be seemingly moving forward and you're not, but you're resting in the Lord. You're being patient with him. You're not fretting because of the man who carries out wicked schemes, you see. I want you to continue to cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to 
evil doing. For evildoers will be cut off. But listen, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Most of us, when we think about patience, is the ability to, to wait on others. But actually what David does right here for us, he pinpoints what the real problem with patience is when we tend to be impatient. He says right here that impatient really stems from a lack of trust in God. We don't trust God. The way to conquer impatience is to remember this simple truth. All this by way of introduction. The key takeaway, I'm going to give it to you right up front. It is great to wait knowing God is never late. You got to know that he's never late. You got to know that he's right on time. You got to know that he's got a plan. You got to know that he's got a purpose. He's got a process that he uses, that he takes. He is right on time. Now think of it this way. God has a process of how he wants life to flow. A plan how he wants that life to move forward. He has a purpose and how he wants your life through that plan, through that purpose to grow. And so the key to patience is being willing to believe that God, as you walk with God, you trust him, you move in his process, his process, work his plan, that he'll accomplish his purpose. Sounds easy, doesn't it? But it sounds like a plan to me. It is a plan. And you see, I want you to go ahead and find your way over to the book of Job. If you want to call it job, it's okay. It's spelled the same way. The book of Job, real close to the book of Psalms, okay? Go ahead and make your way over to the 42nd chapter and just park there for just a moment. Job 42. We've all heard this phrase, haven't we? The patience of Job. We've heard it. We've said it. Job was indeed known as a patient man. In the Bible, he, if you ever want to find an example of a patient man, here he is. You see, I think about what Job faced. You read in those earlier chapters leading up to chapter 42, and you see that he lost everything he owned. You see that he lost his farm. He lost his cattle. He lost his livestock. He lost his grandchildren. He, he lost his children. He, he lost his health. And eventually, he, 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 after getting those, those uh, sores and those boils, he, he eventually lost his wife. Basically, what the scripture is saying to us is that when his wife turned his, her back on him uh, and his so-called friends didn't do anything, but condemn him for the loss of all these things. He just lost everything. He had nothing. He had no one. He had nothing around him to support him. Or did he? Or did he? 
Here was a man that loved God. Here was a man who feared God, had a holy reverence for him. He feared him, and because he loved him, because he feared him, he trusted him, and he, but look, even in the midst of that, he had all kinds of problems. There's where we don't understand. We think that if we just love God, trust God, that, that we won't have any problems. But we do. And they come our way. And they come in our way sometimes when we least expect it. And, and so therein here lies the lesson we learn from this man called Job. The book of Job. That is, the problems that come our way are never, ever, listen, they're never, ever meant to defeat us. They're, they're never meant to depress us. They're meant to develop us, to grow us, to mature us. Problems are not tools to tear us down, but they are tools to build up, to build up. Job is one of the most difficult books. If you really try to exegete it and study it in its entirety, it's one of the most difficult books in the Bible to understand without any question. The problem uh, a lot of people have that, uh, is when they look at this, they tend to focus on the first part of the book and they forget about the last part of the book. That is where we learn the greatest lessons. Because after Job went through all of his difficult problems and came out on the other side, thus our text. Look at this. Then Job, answering the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without